Today, you're going to meet Megan Carney. She's a lovely person. She's a fertility nurse. She works for an egg donor agency, but she's also an egg donor and she's an open egg donor. She's had several donations and had open relationships to varying degrees with all of her recipients. And she's going to tell us all about them, all about the process and all about how much it means to her to meet the recipients of her donation, how strongly she feels about helping another family. I think you're really going to love this episode. Welcome to Donor Conception Conversations. This is the one podcast created exclusively for people who are planning to use donor conception to build their family or for people who have already built their family with donor conception. I'm your host. My name is Lisa Schumann. I'm a researcher, a therapist, and an expert in donor conception. And over my more than two decades of experience working both in fertility clinics and in my private practice, the Center for Family Building, I've met with thousands of donor-conceived individuals, children, recipients, and donors. And I've learned so much, and I'm here to teach you all that I've learned in this podcast. My guests and I will talk about everything that you need to know to have a better journey to parenthood. If it's about donor conception, we're going to talk about it. Welcome to Donor Conception Conversations. This is the one podcast created exclusively for people who are planning to use donor conception to build their families or have already used donor conception to build their families. My name is Lisa Schumann. I'm your host. I'm a researcher. I'm an author. I'm a therapist. And I'm passionate about donor conception. My goal is to help you have the best path to parenthood ever. And I really want to make sure that you get all the information that you need. And in today's podcast, we're going to do exactly that because we're going to meet a lovely lady. Her name is Megan Carney, and she is on Instagram and all over social media, but she is also a very special person to many people. She is an egg donor. And she's donated her eggs several times and is also a fertility nurse. So she knows this process from both sides of the curtain and will tell us so much about her experience and dispel some myths that I think will be really helpful to you. So welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to be an egg donor. How did you decide to do this? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Again, my name is Megan. I am a four-time egg donor. I started medications for my fourth donation last night, so we're still in the early stages, but we're working on it. I was a fertility nurse for about two years at a fertility clinic in Los Angeles, and what really drove me to being a donor was my patients, they were a gay couple, they had the hardest time finding an egg donor, they would find one, bring her in for medical screening, she would fail for some reason, find another one, same thing. They went through, I think, three or four donors, they finally got an egg donor they loved, she went through her cycle, the results were not great. They got one embryo, everybody was frustrated after all of the time and the money and the motion spent. So I just went to the doctor and I said, Can I be their donor? I like, I don't know why I never thought of it before. And of course he said, no, they're your patients. You can't be their donor. But after that, <laughs> I was thinking, why am I not being a donor for somebody else who really needs help? I, I'm seeing firsthand that donors change lives. They're very needed. Why am I not doing this? So then one of my coworkers put me in touch with the egg donation agency I now work for, Elevate Baby. And I got on board with them, had my profile up. 
went through the whole process, got matched with the loveliest couple you could ever imagine for your first egg donation. And it all just kind of spiraled from there. Wow. What an amazing story. So how old were you when you first started your your first donation process? How old were you? I was 27 when I first donated. And so when you said, this is a great idea, I want to do this myself, were you concerned, well, what are people going to think? Or what's my family going to think? Did you worry about any of those things? You know, it's so strange because it was so normal for me because I had been working in the field for two plus years and I saw it every single day and it was just a normal part of my life. So when I told my parents I was going to be an egg donor, they were like, are you kidding? And I was like, no, I I think I'm serious. So it took them just a few times of me, you know, talking about it and normalizing it. And they heard all of my stories from work and how an egg donor changed this person's life. And I saw their baby come into the world. So they were kind of already on board. But I think thinking about them as they or different generations put it having a grandchild out there that's not theirs, it was a little bit tough for them in the beginning. But as I spoke about it more and posted more on social media and tried to normalize it, they are very supportive now. Interesting. They weren't concerned, well, I'm going to have, you know, grandchildren out there, or I'm going to have genetic relatives who are connected to my daughter, or I just want her to have her own children, because some parents might feel that way. Yeah, my dad was more concerned with having a grandchild out there because he wants grandchildren so badly. And, you know, it just took a few conversations to tell him, this is not your grandchild. It's not part of our family. It is somebody else's baby. It is literally just my genetic material that is helping them to start their family. My mom is very supportive of whatever I do. My dad is too. He's just a little bit weary in the beginning. But when I was later on going to meet the intended parents I had donated to the first time, she would text me multiple times a week. Have you met them yet? Did you set a date? Did you talk to them? What's the update? She was more excited than me for me to meet them. Wow. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice that your parents kind of came around to it. It's a hard concept to digest, right? For parents, I would imagine. And do you think that you will have children of your own, Megan? I'm open to it. I used to think I need to have four kids by the time I'm 30. And then working in the fertility clinic and seeing women who just wanted to focus on their career or just live their life without having that responsibility and then circle back around at 35 and maybe start thinking about having kids. I am not saying no to the idea, but it's just not something that I'm thinking about right now because I'm not in that position in my life. So you don't feel, after working in fertility clinics, more pressure because now you know that you're, and you see it in your face all, all the time, that you know your fertility declines, right? Age, aging is not a nice experience for women when it comes to our ovaries. And you know, right. other people would argue our skin as well, but certainly <laughs> our ovaries are not, um, don't love the aging process. And so you see firsthand that you might need an egg donor yourself. If you wait, are you prepared for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, oddly enough, feel less pressure after working in a fertility clinic because Hmm. one, I now have this knowledge that no one ever taught us about. It wasn't spoken about in school that your fertility declines at a certain age. And these are the testing that you should get done to make sure everything looks good. And I now see that there's so many different realms of family building 
I do not want to go through IVF. No one wants to go through IVF, but it is nice to know that that is an option if for some reason when I'm ready to have kids, my ovaries are not on the same page as me. I know egg donation is an option. IUIs, like there's a million different ways to build a family and having that knowledge, I am prepared for any of those avenues that I may have to go through in the future. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. And so as you were going through this process, you were prepared, right? You're a nurse, you were prepared for being bloated and the cramping and all of that. But I'm assuming that you weren't completely prepared for whatever might happen emotionally if you meet the intended parents, which you said you did. Could you tell us a little bit about that process, how you decided the first time to do that, why you decided it, and how that process worked in terms of connecting with them? Yeah, sure. So again, being a fertility nurse, I saw it from all angles. I've seen intended parents meet with their donors, leave them gifts at the fertility clinic, leave them a little card. And I just thought I always wanted my first donation to be open because it was a new experience for me. And I don't really like the unknown. I like to know what happens. That's one of the reasons I like uh, fertility is the longevity of it. And you follow somebody from beginning to end. So I felt like Mm -hmm. I wanted my donation to be like that as well where I wanted to see what the outcome was. So initially I had told the agency, I want to do an open donation. I want to meet the people I'm donating for. I want to stay in touch with them. And then as I was going through the cycle, I was working, there was so much happening. We just never met at that point. And then after I finished the cycle, I knew how many embryos they had. It was not a very high number. And, you know, being in fertility and seeing all of the different cycle outcomes, and some people get 10 embryos and some people get 20, I was just hoping for more for them. So I was a little bit anxious and I did not want to meet them. I didn't want to form a relationship with them until I knew they had a positive outcome. So I waited and then the agency reached out to me and let me know that the intended mother was three months pregnant. And I cried, called my mom. She cried. And so so then I, thank you. Because, you know, I was thinking about them every day. I knew that they had their embryos. I didn't know when they were doing a transfer. I didn't realize they were doing it right after I had finished my journey, which I'm glad I didn't know because that would have killed me thinking about that all day, every day. Mm. So I'm glad the agency just circled back around and was like, hey, she's pregnant. So uh, once I knew she was pregnant, I said, okay, this is safe. I can meet them. So the agency facilitated a call, a Zoom call between the intended parents and I. And I'm not going to lie, it was awkward. (laughs) I was so stressed getting ready for that call because they go through hundreds of thousands of donors, donor profiles. They read answers, watch videos from thousands of different donors. And I was just thinking, what if now she's pregnant with my egg? What if she doesn't like me? What if they don't like me? What if I look different from my profile? I was so stressed. Um, And I ended, I posted that on social media as well. And so many women commented and said, I have an egg donor baby. I could never not love my donor. I would love to meet them. So that made me feel a bit comfortable as well. And then when I did meet them, it's so strange because the intended mother and I had so much in common that was not listed on my profile. Like I love pop culture. Obviously, I'm not going to put that on my egg donation profile, but she is on the same page. The intended father and I both moved across the country when we were younger. And you know that's something that drew them to my profile. And it was just so interesting to hear from their perspective why they chose me because it really wasn't 
didn't have anything to do with how I looked. I don't really look similar to the intended mother. They just Mm. really resonated with my profile because of my answers to some questions, which is just so interesting to hear from their perspective. So you felt like family to them, like they felt like they could kind of connect with you, right? And so that was really important to them. Yeah. So they felt like their life's journeys were a little similar to mine based on the answers. And now the intended mother and I follow each other on Instagram. And every time I post about a celebrity, she responds and we go back and forth. And if I post that I'm watching a show, she's like, I already watched that show. Like it's, we have so much in common. It is so strange. (laughs) That's so nice. That's wonderful. Yes. I got very lucky with them. Oh, that's great. It sounds like you really care, Megan, and you really wanted so much for them to have success that it was concerning for you to talk to them before you knew they were successful because you really wanted that so much for them. That's really how you felt. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And working in the fertility clinic, you see these failed cycles. You see these people get so excited about their donor coming in and they're spending time, emotional effort, money waiting for their donor cycle. And then they don't get any embryos or they get one and it doesn't take. So I just, I did not want to be a part of that. I didn't want that to be my fault that they didn't get enough embryos. Mm -hmm. I was very anxious the entire cycle. I would record myself doing the medication and watch it back to make sure I did it correctly. Even though I'm a nurse and I've done it for other people, I was just like, I cannot mess this up for them. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. And so generous of you, Megan. That's really lovely. So after you met this couple and you started to talk to them, did you start to talk about your future that you know, you'll stay in touch on Instagram or that you'll meet the future children or what, what was the sort of arrangement that you guys discussed? Yeah. So luckily we were all kind of on the same page and they said, you know, do you want updates moving forward? Do you want to know when she has the baby? Do you want to know X, Y, Z? And I said, I will take whatever information you guys can give me. If you want to send me weekly updates, I am here for Mm. it. If you never want to hear from me again, that is totally fine with me. And we ultimately decided that we would, you know, exchange emails and then emails went to Instagram, Instagram went to texting. So it progressed very naturally over a few months. Nothing was forced. It all felt very good for both sides. Oh, nice. So you have this nice connection and you know, you can always stay in touch with each other. And you feel, I guess at this point, what's so nice is that you started your relationship. And some people say, well, I'd like to reach out to my donor, but it's so nice that you guys started at the beginning because you've been able to develop a relationship on your own before the children come into the world. And so you have this connection that feels very natural and feels very comfortable. And that I think will be so nice for the family and for the, you know, the future children. Did you talk about that? Are you going to meet these future children or what that's going to be like for you? We didn't talk about that specifically. They are on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. If for some reason I was ever in the same area as them, I'm sure we would meet up for lunch or something. And I said, you know, I'm willing to meet the child in the future. If, if that's what you guys want, I will be open to whatever. If you have any medical questions or anything for me, I am an open book. And nice. it's funny on the call, the intended father asked me, how did I feel about her being pregnant? And I said, that's great. Like, I did not feel in any way that she was pregnant with my child. I was just thinking she's pregnant. That's amazing. I know what you guys have gone through. 
And I don't feel in any way I have any connection to that baby. I don't feel like I should be raising it. I don't feel that I need to be involved in any way more than you guys want me to be involved. And I just thought it was such an interesting question for him to ask because it could have gone the other way. And I could have been like, that feels like my baby. But I just, I don't think any donors really feel like that. Mm. Well, I think that's so helpful to talk about, Megan, because, you know, over my decades of experience, I've met many donors, thousands of people who've gone through this. And they do say that, that they are so happy to help another family, but they don't see this baby as their baby. And so I think it's really nice for the people who are watching this, for the prospective intended parents to understand that you really just want to help another family who can't have a child. And one day you might have children of your own, but right now you're just so excited for this family. And that's really a beautiful thing that you're doing and so nice that you're willing to participate in their lives to the extent that they feel comfortable doing. So tell us a little bit about the next one. So you, so you had this donation, it was a really nice experience. And then did you think, well, I'd like to try this again because it worked out well? Or what was your thought about it? Yeah, I I always knew I wanted to donate again because I had a good experience. I didn't have a terrible recovery. I really had minimal side effects, just some bloating. And I thought, you know, if this is so easy for me and it could change somebody else's life, why not do it again? So I got matched again, this time with a gay couple. I got a bio from them. They are super lovely. They had their whole love story in there, pictures of themselves, their family traveling. And if you are a donor and you don't want a known donation in any way, if you could at least get a bio of the couple, it is the best thing ever because you see who you're helping and you can focus Mm. on that throughout the whole cycle. If you're having crappy side effects or you're hormonal or you're upset Mm. about being away from home, you can literally just think about that bio and look at it and say, these are the people that I'm helping. So after the first donation and I was comfortable with a known donation and I said, you know, I already did known. I know what the process is like now. I'm fine with either or. So the second time I donated, it was closed. They did not get enough embryos, unfortunately. Only one guy got embryos. The other one did not. So they reached out to the agency to ask if I would cycle for them again because they did want their children to share the same egg donor, which is totally understandable. And I was more than happy. So I pretty quickly cycled for them again. And they left me the sweetest note after retrieval. They saw on my profile that I'm vegan. They sent some vegan goodies for afterwards. And, you know, it was just so sweet. And even though I never met them, I feel like I know them. I feel like I know them from their bio, how they speak to the agency about me, the note that they left for me. And I think in the future, I will reach out to them. It just, it's not something that's happened yet. That's amazing. So I think just to kind of circle back to what you said before, I think it's important for people to think about. And what I saw, I mentioned to you before we got on, that that was my experience, that when donors saw these intended parents, and if they could meet them and speak to them, it really made the process so different. Because of course, you know, you're doing something that's really helpful for someone. But what you're really doing is going through a medical process. You're taking injections, you're visiting a clinic, you're having a minor surgery. 
So it doesn't really feel the same until you see the faces of these people whose lives are changing and you had firsthand experience working in a fertility clinic. So you saw the heartbreak of people who couldn't get pregnant. So you know that when they are able to have a positive pregnancy test, that it changes their lives enormously. And I'm sure you saw that in their faces. So that's really nice, I think, for everybody to know. And how much um, it means to you, I think, is really clear. We can you know, see it in your face, Megan, and it's wonderful that it's really nice to be able to feel so good for these other people and, and see what, what you're doing for these people. It's really fantastic. Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. That's what I tell everybody who wants to be a donor. It's the best thing I've ever done. The first couple I donated for, they left me this necklace after retrieval, and I've literally never taken it off. I tell everybody, (laughs) it's such a nice reminder every single day of what I did. And now they have the cutest little baby. And it's the best thing you will ever do. Oh, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. It's really nice. So you cycled for them a second time. And you've already kind of, I guess, made it clear to your agency or to the clinic that you're available if they want to reach out to you, that you'll be available to talk to them about whatever they need for their child, medical issues, anything else. Uh, And then that process was over and you said, I still want to do it again. Yep. So I am currently in the middle of my fourth donation. I started medications last night. And when I got matched for this donation, they said, do you want to do an open donation? I said, of course. And then I start getting anxious again and thinking, I don't want to meet them until I have the retrieval. And I know how many eggs were retrieved. The agency asked me a couple of days ago, do you want to meet them? And I said, let me wait for my baseline scan. Let me see what we're working with first because I got to know before I meet them. Yeah. But <laughs> they it's also a gay couple. I have a bio from them as well. And I could cry thinking about it. Their bio, they just each spoke so highly of one another and how great they are and how wonderful they will be as dads and how they fell in love and why they fell in love with each other. And to think that what I'm doing, that's honestly such a a minuscule part of my life. It takes 15 minutes a night for me to do this and 10 minutes to go in for an ultrasound. To think that what I'm doing for two weeks is going to give them a child for the rest of their life when maybe they didn't think it was possible for them. It's the best thing in the world. Oh, that's wonderful, Megan. That's really great. Thank you. (laughs) And to answer your question, I might be meeting them next week. I'm still unsure. Oh, wow. (laughs) that's fantastic I don't know I don't know we'll see how I feel (laughs) so are you thinking well if I meet them and they're not pregnant and what if they don't get pregnant I'm going to feel badly is that what you're thinking it's silly at this point to say I don't want either party to get too attached because we're in it I'm cycling for them but I would hate to meet them and love them, which I know I already do because of their bio. And obviously they loved me enough to choose me as a donor, but I just, it makes it so much more real when you meet them and they're real people and you're speaking to them and you're seeing their mannerisms and how they're going to be as parents. So it's just nerve wracking for me, especially with my past as a fertility nurse and seeing the bad outcomes. That's all I can think about. I don't think about the good Mm -hmm. outcomes, although there are many. It's just, it's hard and it's scary because again, they chose me from thousands of donors and I would hate to get on Zoom and disappoint them. And they're like, you don't look like your profile or this is not how we thought you would act. So I'm sure that would never happen, but that, that is my thought process. 
So it's a little scary. It's almost like, you know, first date after you've seen somebody's picture, right? It's a blind date. You're worried if you're going to like each other and things are going to work out and a little exactly. more. Walking. And yet, you know, you're so lovely and you're beautiful and you're smart and you're sweet and you have all these wonderful feelings about donating your eggs. I'm sure that you've had nothing but positive responses from your agency, from your clinic, from all of these people who are lucky enough to to be the recipients of your donation. I'm sure everybody's so excited uh, to meet you and to feel involved in uh, in your life. It's really a gift, Megan. Thank you so much for saying all of that. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And what about your friends? Do you tell people? Do you t tell your friends? And I cannot stop talking about it. If somebody paid me to stop, I literally wouldn't would not be able to. It's the only thing I talk about. I post about it on social media. I talk about it at dinners with my friends. I've spoken about it so much that a few of my friends have signed up and become donors as well. And wow. that's yeah, one of my best friends went through her first donation a few months ago for the most amazing gay couple. They loved her. She loved them. And it's just so cool to see that because I would not stop talking about something and all of the positives and just shedding light on it and making it more mainstream and normalized, hopefully, that more donors are, you know, signing up for the database. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you. I try. <laughs> That's really incredible. Well, I'm sure they're, they're all very happy with you that you're, you're encouraging this. And that's, and I'm sure that the other women who are signing up are also very happy. Are they planning to be open donors as well? I would say most of our donors are open to whatever the intended parents want. When we ask them that question, when they sign up, they say it's their child, whatever they want, I'm open to. If they want no contact, that's fine. If they'd like to meet over Zoom, that's fine too. And I just think that is so amazing that they're leaving that up to the parents to decide because mm -hmm. some parents, that's the only donation that they want and others for privacy, for mental health, they don't want to meet their donor. And I think it's amazing that they're giving them that option in a position where they feel like they've probably lost so much control having to choose a donor. So at least to give them that little bit to choose is amazing. Right. And that might change over time, right? Because as parents, even parents who are very anxious and so worried about meeting their donor initially because they might feel threatening because they had infertility problems or because they really don't know much about openness and how good it is. Over time, when they become parents, very often they start to relax and they feel better about being parents. And then all of a sudden they say, okay, you know what? I feel better. I feel like I can own parenthood now and I don't have to feel as anxious or feel threatened by my donor. And so now I can meet my donor. And so at that point they may reach out to you or later on the children, they may want to wait until their children can meet you. Do you feel open to those scenarios as well? Yeah, I'm open to anything. If for some reason I never reach out to the couple I donated to twice. And in 10 years, they reach out to me and say, hey, we have questions. We'd like the child to be able to meet you. I would be open to it for as long as they would like me to be. Because I think it's very important for their child, if they want them to know their egg donor, to have that opportunity. Now, you, you said a little something when we started about embryo donation. We were talking a little bit about that. And so you you know that as you go through this process, I'm sure you've made several eggs every cycle, right? Uh, you're not, you know, in your 40s. So you've mm -hmm. probably made 
a number of eggs and there are probably a number of embryos that are still frozen, some of which may not be used. And so do you have any, any sort of agreement with the intended parents about them donating their embryos to other families? Yeah. So in our legal contract, I basically left it up to them. I said, if they want to donate to science, I'm more than okay with that. If they would like to discard them, they can. If they would like to donate them to another infertile couple, I just feel like it's they're their embryos. It's their choice. It is nice that the donor is given a say, but it's completely up to them. And I have seen firsthand that people donating embryos to other infertile couples is the only way that maybe they could have a baby. So for me to be able to help two couples from one donation, that would be amazing. Yeah, I helped to create an embryo donation program and I completely agree with you. There are people out there who can't really afford egg donation and they really struggle and to be able to have an embryo donor willing to do that is really an incredible thing. But it also means for you, Megan, that there will be more children out there born from your genetics. And so it will be important for you to remember that for your future children, if you have them and they're genetically connected to you. Right. And that's another reason it's, it's nice to be open with the families that you donate to, because, you know, if the first couple I donated to were to donate my embryos to another couple, I know that they would tell me, and that's just nice for my own knowledge. If for some reason, another couple that I donated to donated the embryos and didn't tell me, that is fine. I know it's an option. I know it's a possibility. I just may not know when and if it happens, but that's what I signed up for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you feel like you're fully informed. You, You know what you're getting into going into this. Yes, I am very well aware of all of the ramifications and what may happen in the future. And I'm open to whatever. I'm very lax about it. I think maybe a little bit too lax because I've been in this field for so long and it's just so normal to me. But for others, Mm -hmm. I know this is very different realm and nothing that is rarely ever talked about. So I am here to talk about whatever. (laughs) Well, I think it's great that you're talking about it. And I think it's great that you're talking about open donation because, you know, unfortunately for years, we had the same process in adoption, right? In the 1950s, people said, don't tell your children they were adopted. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until those adult children grew up and were able to talk about how difficult that was for them, not really understanding their stories, not knowing their birth parents. And even though we had that experience, we didn't really learn a lot from that. We're having to learn it all over again in donor conception. So I think that we're moving in that direction, hopefully, more and more every day. And the fact that you are so progressive and willing to meet these people and start these relationships early, I think, is so beautiful for them and also for the future children who will really want this information. They're going to want to connect with you. They may want medical information. And the fact that you really show them that you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart and you really want to build the family for their, their parents is really a beautiful thing. You know, the children who I see who are donor conceived, who were really wanted and they felt wanted and their parents were open with them really feel so nice about this whole process. So I think you bring a lot of good feelings to this, Megan. Thank you. And yeah, it's, it's interesting when people compare to adoption, because I I do have some friends when I was talking about this, they were comparing it to adoption and how the children wouldn't know their birth parents. And there's a lot of 
negativity surrounding that as well that, you know, you said we're learning now. And I was trying to explain that I will be there if anyone would like to meet me. But I just feel like it's a bit different than adoption because it's not your baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your own baby, you're, you're giving someone eggs, right? So it's completely different. Yes, absolutely. And you never are in a situation where you have to say, where you have to be heartbroken that you, you can't take care of your child and you need to place your child with somebody else. You're doing this because you want to do it. This is not something that you feel like you need to do. This is something you're wanting to do. There's so many differences, but in terms of the children and the openness, I think in some ways the open issue is very similar. The children want to know where they came from, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, the fact that you're giving these children this opportunity is wonderful, really great. And Megan, as you meet with these families, and they say to you, I'd like to get to know you better. Do you have any sort of concerns about, well, I'd like to get to be better friends with them, or I don't want to get to be better friends with them, or, you know, I'd like to talk to them more often, or I don't, or do you just feel like you're going to be flexible about it as time evolves? Yeah. So the first couple I donated for, the intended mother and I follow each other on Instagram. We message here and there. She texted me a selfie when she had the baby, but it's never been like, okay, should I text her once a week and just check in? Or should I respond to that story she just posted? It's very relaxed. It's very natural. We speak as we need to, as we'd like to, we connect on different levels and we'll see how it, you know, transforms forms in the future. And I'm interested to see how when I meet my next intended family that I'm donating to how that relationship will go, because I only have one to go off of, you know, this one Mm -hmm. goes so smoothly, and there's no pressure on either side. The next guys I'm donating to, they seem so lovely. So I don't have any concerns, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they differ. Yeah, that is very interesting. But it sounds like you feel very confident that you're going to be able to have these nice relationships. You don't have concerns that there's going to be any difficulty in the relationship or there's going to be issues over time that you really just feel very comfortable knowing that you're going to be available to them and you're not concerned that there's going to be conflict in the relationship, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't see any issues happening in the future. I don't think that the first couple I donated for would say, you know what, actually, we don't feel comfortable with her having access to photos of our child and, you know, taking that beautiful thing away from me. Like, I I just don't have any concerns. I think we're all on a very good page with how we want to move forward and the relationship that we want to have and moving forward with the next couple. As you can tell, I'm very open. So I can lay all of this out on our first call. I'll say I'll be Mm -hmm. as involved as you want. If you don't want me involved at all, that is fine with me too. That's really nice. It's really nice that you're so flexible and you're willing to move, you know, with them as they progress in their understanding and feeling more comfortable being recipients. And what about your dating process? Do you tell people on dates that you're an egg donor? I haven't been on dates recently, but when I do, no doubt it will come up on the first date. Again, it's the only thing I can talk about. And <laughs> if they if they were not on board with it, you know, I'd suss it out a little bit, see if I could get them on board. But if they are like, hard no, that's weird. You have children out there. I don't want to be a part of that. 
goodbye. That's totally fine with me. Mm -hmm. That's your opinion. But this is something I'm very passionate about. And I would need somebody on my team that is on the same page. Wow, that's fantastic. So you're not worried about it. I'm not worried about it one bit. Maybe I should be. Maybe that's why I'm single, but I'm not worried. (laughs) But it sounds like you're really just kind of living your life the way you want to. You enjoy your career. You enjoy the life you have. You're having a great time doing these wonderful things for people and seeing how happy it makes them. You have a nice relationship with your family. So it sounds like you're really just you know, trying to live a good life and not really concerned about any of these things, which is fantastic, Megan. Yeah, I do feel very lucky with where I'm at in life. The agency I work for obviously is very supportive of egg donation. Mm -hmm. It's an egg donation agency started Uh by a couple that has a baby through egg donation and everybody that works for us has donated. So it's something that is very supportive from beginning to end. Everybody's been through what you're going to go through. And, you know, they're just so supportive of changing lives. And once someone has a retrieval, the whole company is like, you did it. You just changed somebody else's life. And Mm -hmm. I'm also very lucky that my parents are on board. I have friends who want to donate very badly, but their parents tell them no, which it is their body, their choice. But that is a big thing for your parents to say, I don't want you doing that. How could you? How could you do that to our family? So Mm. I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in. Wow. And do you have siblings, Megan? I do. I have a younger brother mm-hmm. and he he doesn't care what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not saying, well, I'm going to donate my sperm now. I think this is a great idea. I've asked him. He's not <laughs> on board yet, but I've brought it up. My parents are like, if you want to donate your sperm, go for it. It's just a very normal topic of conversation in our family. Well, you broke them in, right? So now if you exactly. want to do path, right? <laughs> That's the first child problem. I break everything in and then it's easy for him. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And it will be a much easier process for him than it is for you. It's always easier for the boys, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. It's true. (laughs) It's true. And so, Megan, as you move forward in your life, like if, if you decided I want to move to another country or I want to have children of my own or I want to get married. Do you ever think about, well, if I'm going to do this next thing, how is that going to be for the recipients or for the future children? Or should, you know, should I think about that? And how am I going to stay in touch with them? Do you think about those things? Honestly, no, I have not thought about making any big life changes recently, but I am very anxious about this whole process. So if for some reason I was to move to another country, I would tell the agency, hey, let my intended parents know that this is where I am if they need me. Or I would let the intended parents know that I'm in contact with like, hey, this is my new number if you guys need me. Like I am very aware of everybody involved in the situation. So if I were to do something life changing or where I couldn't be contacted, I would want to make sure that they knew who to contact when if they needed something. That is so sweet, Megan. That is really nice. I must say that I hope 
And I pray that everybody out there gets a donor as nice as you are, Megan, because it's really fantastic that you always so thoughtful about your intended parents and about the future children and being accessible to the future children. That's, as you know, is so important. And you're thinking about all of these things as you move forward. And you're also, you've also thought about your future, which, which is really important because as you know, this is not something that's uh, necessarily easy. And yes, a medical process like an egg retrieval is very, very minimal in terms of kind of the, the realm of surgical procedures. But there is still a possibility that something can go wrong. You can have problems. You can hyperstimulate. There's always a small chance that something can go wrong. And I'm sure you've thought about all of those things as well. Yeah, maybe a little bit too much, but I'm I'm prepared for whatever might happen. You're prepared. You're prepared. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you've really thought about these things and it's great. And I hope anyone out there who wants to donate their eggs is listening to this and thinking about how nice it is to be able to build a family to help people who really want to have a child have a child. And even if this time it's not right for you at this time in your life, Megan, and maybe you don't want to have children at some point, maybe you do, but at least right now, what you really want is to help another family. And it's wonderful that you have this opportunity to do that. So, uh, and I applaud everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love talking about egg donation. If you Uh couldn't tell, I just think it's the coolest thing ever. And it's not spoken about as much as it should be. So I'm here to talk to whoever, wherever, whenever, if you want to talk. That's great. So how can people find you? What's your handle on Instagram or social media? So my TikTok page is basically all dedicated to egg donation. My TikTok handle is Megan, M-E-G-A-N. C-C-A-R-N-E-Y. So Megan C. Carney. 90% of it is egg donation. The other 10% is my dogs. (laughs) What kind of dogs do you have? I have a 10-month-old blue healer puppy who has sucked the life out of me and Mm a four-year-old mutt. (laughs) Cute. Very cute. Yeah. That's exhausting, little puppy. They're so cute. That's very cute. Yeah. They make it worth it. (laughs) So you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram. And so if someone has a question for you, they can reach out to you there. Yes. Yep. You can reach out to me on TikTok or Instagram. My Instagram handle is just Megan Carney. I am always available to talk. I'm on my phone all the time. So if you shoot me a DM, (laughs) I will most likely get to it very quickly. I really appreciate that. I appreciate everything you're doing for these families. I appreciate you magnifying this idea of openness because it's so important. And I really appreciate having you on this podcast today. I think everybody's learned a lot from listening to you speak. And uh, I really hope that these families appreciate, I'm sure they do appreciate you. And I hope they take advantage of your nice offer to have a relationship because it's a beautiful experience. So with that, I'm going to to end tonight, and I hope everyone out there reaches out to Megan with any questions. And certainly, if you want to reach out to me, you can always find me on familybuilding.net. I have all my contact information there. And please subscribe and rate and review this podcast if you like it or share it with a friend, because that's how we keep going. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.